Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, listen, I want to once again say to you, Happy New Year. You know, it's really that time of year where we're developing resolutions and and, and you know, we're doing a lot of reflection about last year and what do we want to improve this year? How do we want to approach 2023? It's, it's hard to say 2023 because in so many ways it felt like the pandemic just started. So many, so many years have just flown by since all of that. But, you know, we're in the mode of considering what level of determination are we going to bring to whatever goals we set for ourselves and I think we realize, I certainly do, and I think some of our guests have reflected on this as well, that we remember, I think we remember to the depths of our soul or we're reminded about how fast time flies. I mean, time just flies so fast. And before we know it, we wake up and uh, not any time is left to pursue the things we want to pursue in our lives. And that's, I think that's why... We have to stay focused. We have to keep a. We're going to do this now. I mean, I think one of the great things about resolutions is it gives us an opportunity to reflect on what we really want to accomplish, whether it's with ourselves, our family, our friends, our community. It gives us an opportunity to do that. And I hope that what I do in having the you know having the conversations that I have and in reminding you in the, in the way that I'm starting the show today. That it's important to have desire. It's important to have the determination. And, uh, you know, we all go through this at the beginning of each year. It's a chance to refocus. And uh, as you heard from Robbie D'Angelo yesterday, if you look at the number of goals that are set at the beginning of the year and the number of people who actually achieve those goals is less than 10%. Think about that for a minute. How are you going to, how are you going to set goals for yourself that doesn't put you in that number, in that number of, of folks that, you know, over 90% who don't achieve the goals that they set for themselves. And I think, you know, one of the things is, even if you don't, you still have regrets. And in my, my point is simply, you know, this is an opportunity to focus, refocus, and uh, not to live our lives with regrets and to find a way in this moment to, to move forward in a way that's aspirational. Have aspiration and go do it. And Robbie gave a lot of great advice about don't make the goals too big, you know, day to day at a time, a week at a time. And before you know it, you'll get where you want to go. He, he, he used the example. He lost 100 pounds, over 100 pounds. And uh, he, the way he did it is two pounds a week. His goal was two pounds a week. And, you know, a year went by and suddenly he's he's done. It's amazing. My son, Justin, uh, has got us on read the Bible in a year, which we're which I'm doing. And he finished the Bible in December. And finished it actually while we were up at the hunting camp together. And he just took it a day at a time before he knew it. He read the whole Bible and just a just a real real process. And I think it, there's a lot to be said for that. Ronald Reagan said the future doesn't belong to the faint hearted. It belongs to the brave. I think whether you know, sometimes you gotta be brave to set new goals for yourself, new new goals for your community. 
And uh, sometimes that's not work of the faint-hearted, which which simply means you have to have determination. And uh, as I said, you have to have aspiration. And this is the time of year to think about that. Now I want to move over. I'm I'm really looking forward to the conversation we're going to have today with uh, with with the with Judge Trent Farr, the Hancock County court judge. He has a unique role, as we discussed the last time we were together. He actually has a general civil litigation part of what he does, but he also uh, presides over a youth court that deals with uh, abuse and neglect and delinquency. And he's incredibly focused on the community and nonprofits and you know, a conglomerate of people that can help him achieve his goals in the community. So it's good. I'm really looking forward to catching up with you today, uh, Judge. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you. Hey, listen, what are the traditions in your in your family for Christmas? Um, so like everyone else, uh, you know, a time of gathering together with family. Um, uh, one of our, our big traditions, though, is a, a Christmas dinner uh, the night of. And uh, we set the table all out, you know, all the fine china that you don't use the rest of the year. <laughs> Um, and, uh, we start the dinner. This is my favorite thing that we start the dinner. We have these, uh, pre-printed scriptures and everyone has a script and we go around the table and read the, the, uh, nativity story. And so that's always a special moment. Um, and then my absolute favorite, favorite, I was talking about red velvet cake with you earlier. Um, I make a red velvet cake the night before and, uh, you know, it's symbolic, uh, but it's the birthday cake for Jesus. And so that's how we end our dinner uh, is with a, a little birthday celebration. Yeah, well, that's, that's awesome. Hey, listen, I, as we discussed before, I knew you as a lawyer. You were in the firm that the Sun-Herald used as a, as a law firm. Henry Laird was our main First Amendment lawyer, but you guys did other work for us as well. And um so I knew you to be a very capable lawyer, but but you've really found your place in this judgeship, haven't you? Yes, indeed. Um, and and uh, you you know you think uh, think back on it, and you're wondering the the things you're going through at the time may you may not know why you're going through them, but when you get to where you want to be, you can look back and go, ah, now it makes sense. I was I was being prepared for this. Um, so every tough minute uh, that I had, um, every success, you know, was built into this. But really, um, one of the things that jumps out, and I was recounting this story with my son over the holidays, is uh, my, I look at my life as like a quilt um, woven together with fabrics that people have, have given me. Um, and uh, I spoke about that in my investiture, uh, that um, it's the fabric of my life, literally, like all the people, uh, they're all part of me. And uh, so I, I take all of that and uh, use all those experiences um, to to give back to to my community. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I saw I saw you nodding when I opened the conversation today about resolutions and aspiration and the quote from Ronald Reagan about the future doesn't belong to the faint-hearted; it belongs to the brave. You know, to be a lawyer, to go to law school, to be a successful lawyer, to decide that you will take initially this appointment into this role, and then obviously run for re-election. Which, incidentally, congratulations for being unopposed and winning uh, and able to serve the community still. But you, what we, what was going through your mind as I was sharing this notion about? The, the beginning of a new year is a great opportunity to reflect and set new goals. Uh, 
so um, for me, I, I, I've always got a lot on the, on the plate, right? And so I've seen a couple of things. One is, you know, personal goals and then work goals. Like those are, can be two different things. So they can coincide, but for me, they're two different things. But really, as you, you thought about it, I have not sat down and, and really done New Year's resolutions. Uh, I've never been, I'm a list person, so this might surprise people that I don't have uh, a set of goals or things to knock out. But the, the one thing that I thought about um, and has been really weighing on me, um, especially the past couple weeks, um, is uh, be still and know that I'm God. And, and just that be still piece, um, because I'm a busybody and sometimes I'm not still enough. And I think you can organize, you can, uh, to a fault, uh, you can get too busy and let things pass you by. And if you're not still, you'll miss so much. So I think that's my overarching goal this year is, uh, to be still my, my overarching goal for last year was to use honest speech. Um, which is surprising a lot of people because they're like, well, you're an honest person. And I'm like, yeah, but I think sometimes we can't be completely honest with people or, 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 or you know, say what we want to say. And I was really trying to work on trying to communicate better and just be honest with people. Um, and, it, and it worked. It, it was a, a nice challenge. Trent, one of the things I did, you can say it's more of a journal, but it's a book of lessons from Katrina. Maybe one day I'll publish them. But one of the one of the lessons in there was, what is it about? It, the lesson said, don't judge a book by its cover. <clears throat> and what what I spoke to is that, what is it about us before Katrina that caused us to miss the essence of who people were? You know, the Type A personalities. We would we would read them and read them one way because they were self-promoters and the type B people. We didn't pay enough attention to them. And after the after Katrina, some of the type A's did, did serve well. Some didn't step up at all. And type B people that you probably didn't even really pay much attention to suddenly were major league leaders. Um, and so my point in, in sharing the lesson was simply that that we're in this busy, busy, busy world and we don't take the time to understand the essence maybe of the people around us or the challenges around us and that we should do that. Yeah, if there's a big lesson out of, out of Coast View for me is that I, I came out, out of being a, a CEO for 16 years, moving so darn fast in a very changing world, and then had some time off four or five years and I started Coast View. I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed connecting, but the most important thing is uh, that I've done is I've actually lived that lesson that I learned after Katrina in a way that that I believe is the essence of what I was trying to say, which is you got to take the time to listen to people, to get to know them better. And that this notion of sitting quietly is powerful, man. It's powerful. We don't do enough of that. I'll get your response to that when we get on the other side. But this is Judge sure. Trent Favre, and we're, uh, we're just visiting. We'll see you after this break. Live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgolfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. As I said before we went to break, we do tend to move so fast through our lives. And the point that Judge Favre was saying here just a second ago is that he one of his commitments to this year is to sit quietly. And um, which means you're going to listen and learn more and understand the essence of the moment. There's a lot to that, isn't there? Oh, definitely. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think one of the things that we can get trapped into, Ricky, is, I mean, we are people that want to pour in to people. And and sometimes we can have an idea that we're going to save people or help them, uh, you know, and, and what I've, I've learned in this job is the people that I work with, uh, especially uh, these parents that suffer from addiction, um, I am, they are making my life so much better. Um, I mean, we are pouring into them and that's the goal, right? But my goodness, am I getting a blessing working (laughs) with these folks and what they're teaching us about uh, just humanity about helping each other, um, about what it's like to walk along somebody instead of just telling them what to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a great, great experience. Boy, there's so much, there's so much powerful there. Hey, you know, one of the things, one of the things and I, I have to reflect on this for a second, and that is that the law enforcement community in coastal Mississippi is an, is an area that we should all reflect on more often. You know, th- we, we do, tend to take them for granted until something terrible happens. And when Brandon Estorf and uh, Stephen Robin were, were killed recently in Bay St. Louis, um, Sean Tindall actually posted, Blessed are the peacekeepers, for they shall keep, they shall be called the children of God. And that was Matthew 5, 9. But not to get overly religious here, but the reality is that they, they deserve God's blessing, that is for sure. They deserve our respect and our blessing and they live in a tough world these days. And this is the kind of calling you would not have expected something so so bad to come from. And it just reminds us that every time they approach a vehicle, every time they go on a call, they have to be on their guard. And we can never forget the sacrifices that they're making, can we? Absolutely. Uh, it is a scary job. I mean, you think just a, a traffic stop, we, how many times do you drive home and see someone pulled over on the side of the road. And at any given moment, just a simple traffic stop could turn into a life or death situation. And um, so they, they, you realize how brave these uh, men and women are that serve us uh, to keep us safe. Yeah, you, you in your day-to-day activity, you come in contact with law enforcement community of all stripes. And they're so critical to the balance of a community, aren't they? They are. And and we're seeing a big shift. Um, I think, you know, as the court's demeanor has changed um, and things have changed uh, and the way we do things with youth court, um, you know, I've had an expectation of change, too. Um, and I think uh, our law enforcement has embraced that. And so, you know, not that they were kicking doors in, but less aggressive behavior and more um, patience, understanding, empathy. Um, and, and I've, I've seen it, I've seen some, some officers out there who are just doing a great job getting on a scene and trying to diffuse the situation and calm people down and, and listen to them and hear what's happening rather than just trying to finish the case and move on to mm-hmm. the next. Right. In this particular case, 
sounds like that's what they were trying to do. And um, it's just, uh, it's unfortunate. But God bless God bless their families, the community. I know the community still feels a lot of pain. It's, uh, it's You don't just get over something like this, do you, buddy? You don't. And, uh, you know, we're, I think, experts in trauma um, here uh, because the people we deal with have, have gone through lots of trauma in their lifetime. Um, I'm very concerned. Um, there, I mean, for the next week, Ricky, if I heard sirens, I was on edge, right? And that's a... a, a post-traumatic stress response. And these police officers, the people that were there that day, um, you know, the people that saw their brothers and sisters grieving have gone through a significant trauma. And I, I worry that, you know, they just think, oh, well, we've got to move on. This is what happens. And we, we've got to just take the next step and move on and put that, put that on the shelf. And really, there's a lot of unpacking that needs to happen with that. And I hope, I hope each each officer or person that was touched by that seeks help. It's okay. Especially, uh, you know, uh, our men out there are sometimes afraid to ask for, for help. Uh, and, uh, I, I, the stigma associated with, um, seeking mental health, you know, some people think it's a sign of weakness or, uh, spiritual immaturity, whatever it is, but it really yeah. is a sign of strength when you reach out and ask for help. And I'm here and I have, I have resources available for anyone that, that needs someone to talk to you. I can get you to the right person. What's going to be interesting is, um, uh, not directly related, but the NFL player who had to have CPR on the field. And you see the way the teams reacted and the communities around them have reacted, the NFL and the nation have reacted around that. And you see the brotherhood and the, the emotions and the tightness. That's not unlike what these guys are going through and all across the, the law enforcement community, but especially in Bay St. Louis. Um, but it's uh, it's just something we got to constantly remind ourselves of. And you know, one of one of my I did a post the other day about violent crime. That, you know, there's been a rise in violent crime in coastal Mississippi. And um, I spent a lot of time in New Orleans. So I talked about my experience in New Orleans and what's happening in New Orleans is unbelievable. But it's just yeah. kind of drifting over into coastal Mississippi. And we're going to talk more about that. But I was amazed. I, I checked this morning, and hundreds of people have interacted with that post. I, my, 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 my conclusion from that, not that it's a conclusion, but in terms of what I'm going to do as I talk to the law enforcement community is talk more about how we can make our neighborhoods safe. Like on the global, on the global stage, it's all about jobs and opportunities and reversing the cycle of poverty and all these things that you got to th you think about. That's the strategic side of it. But then what can happen locally? What can happen locally that can contribute? And we're going to start having more of those conversations. But I bet that's something you think a lot about. I do. I, Ricky, I think our nation is sick. Um, we, we have a mental health crisis on our hands. And the behaviors we're seeing are symptoms of uh, untreated you know, trauma uh, or, or, or whatever it is. Um, and and I, we see it you know, here. Um, fortunately, we get to intersect with these folks and, and hopefully breathe you know, some life into them and, and help them get on the right path. Um, but there are so many people without resources in our country, and that's a shame. I mean, we, we have so many, so much money in our country and so many uh, talented people out there that can make a difference, and we're not connecting these people uh, to the services that they need. 
It's a big challenge, and I agree with you that our nation is sick. If you look at what's happening in large cities around the United States, it's a you know the the murder rate is unbelievable. But what as as Mitch Landry pointed out to me, Mitch and I spent a lot of time together when I was in New Orleans. As he pointed out to me, he said, you know, if you just look at murder rate, you don't understand the problem because the number of people who have been shot and you know, near death, and you know the, the 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 reality is that the medical care that's available to them today it saves lives. You know, saves. And now look, yeah. they may have miserable lives going forward because you know maybe they're they're paralyzed or lose a limb or you know the situation. The recovery situation is difficult, but but that's why the focus needs to be on violent crime in general. Because if you just focus on the murder rate, it doesn't tell the whole story, as you well know. Right, and it's just troubling, isn't it? Right. It is. And it is. And I, I think, you know, you hear arguments that um, some of the positions uh, that our elected officials have taken have, you know, maybe incentivized people uh, or encouraged people to commit crimes because there's no consequence. And and, and that's that's true uh, to some extent. But the people that are committing the crimes, there's there's something else there at the at the root. Right. That someone would pull a trigger and, and take a life. I mean, there, there's a lot to that. Um, and, and we've got to figure out uh, as a nation if we're going to invest in people and, and figure out how um, to, to you know, deal with addiction. I mean, the fact that our country does not have that at the top of the list, you know, we, yeah. we deal with it in little bits and pieces here and there, but it, until we're serious, then uh, tackle that issue the way it should be, we're, it's going to get worse and worse. And we saw since the pandemic, uh, you know, people turning to alcohol, alcohol abuse went up, drug usage went up, um, mental health issues went up. Um, so uh, what do we do? What, yeah. Hey, listen, so, so Trent, I had Craig Scott on recently, the Columbine uh, survivor whose yeah. sister was killed, and he's done a lot of speeches actually in Hancock County. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was a, I mean, just a, a very inspiring conversation that he and I had. And he said, We focus too much on fortifying schools. When, if you look at the percentage of kids that have, are at risk of being killed by a mass shooter compared to the number of children that are attempting suicide or committing suicide, we're, I'm not saying we shouldn't, he's not saying we shouldn't be focused on the mass shooter, but the reality is that there are a lot of kids feeling a lot of pain today, and we're not focused on that. That's a huge issue, isn't it? It is. I mean, I think this could be a, a day-long conversation with you because <laughs> there are so many uh, it, it just leads to other issues. And, you know, what are these kids, what do they have access to these days that I didn't have access to when I was growing up? And what do they see and hear? Um, you know, I, I, for me, I feel like, you know, our country doesn't hear about terms like forgiveness and grace and mercy and, you know, how to work through our problems civilly. Um, hey, we're going to do this. We're out of time. But look, we're, I'm going to get you rescheduled next week or the following week we'll have you back and i want to get into some of the nuts and bolts of what you're involved in these days but it's been a great way to kick off the year um congratulations to you keep up the great work and we'll see we'll talk to you in the next couple of weeks yeah awesome so good to yeah. see you y'all you take bet. care this has been judge right. trent farm uh we'll see you after this break
subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.